You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. when they. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 74. Today's reading is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 18 through 31. Thus says the Lord, To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? The idol, a workman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, and casts it for silver chains. He who is impoverished chooses for an offering wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an image that will not move. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, who created these? He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As we continue through Lent, today's reading comes from Isaiah, one of the books of the prophets that we briefly discussed a few episodes ago. And by this point, we are well into the book, and so it might be helpful to give some context to your father to orient us to our reading today and maybe to speak a bit about the prophet Isaiah in general. Sure. Isaiah is perhaps the most well-known book among the prophets. It's the first book in the major prophets. All of those books are longer than what we call the minor prophets. And Isaiah is also the first book of what we refer to as the latter prophets, meaning the books that cover a later time in the story of Israel than the former prophets, who also those former prophets tend to have more historical narratives in those books. But Isaiah is perhaps best known among Christians because of what we call the suffering servant passage, one that Christians see as a prophecy of Jesus Christ and his suffering and death on the cross. So Isaiah is at least on the surface a well-known book or a familiar name to many people. Now, in, in terms of scholarly work related to the book and the various ways it's been divided up and understood by scholars, you know, I don't want to get into a lot of that today. It's not our main concern, certainly not as we look to primarily address the passage that you just read. But in a nutshell, the book of Isaiah covers Jerusalem into and out of the Babylonian exile. The book also prophesies how the ultimate reconciliation of Judah and Jerusalem through the work of the Messiah, that suffering servant, and not of the people's own doing, 
but the work of that suffering servant will result in the nations, the Gentiles being reconciled to God also, not just Judah and Jerusalem. And obviously that's something we talk a lot about as it's of the essence to Jesus' message and teaching. And then finally, just in terms of introduction, uh, Isaiah spends a lot of time dealing with what we today would refer to as social justice or the principle of taking care of the poor and needy, of attempting to uplift them and not abuse them or keep them downtrodden. And of course, that was also a great emphasis of Jesus and something we also frequently discuss on this show. Great. Thank you, Father, for that, uh, that brief background. And, and as it relates to today's passage, uh, let's begin at the first section of that reading. And there the Lord speaks and asks the question, to whom can you compare God? And then the Lord answers by posing the possibility of comparing God to an idol and goes on to essentially mock the idols and the fact that they are made by human beings. Would you talk about that a little bit and elaborate Uh, on what's going on with that passage uh, that we should understand. Yes, so one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast several times, and certainly something that's foundational about the Bible, is this whole idea of God and images or idols and how these all relate. And I say this is a foundational principle because the idea of God's image comes up right away in Genesis 1, that first chapter of the massive work of the Bible. I assume you're talking about how God created male and female, the the human beings in his image. Yeah, that's correct. And I've spoken before about the significance, but we'll highlight it again here. It's important for us to understand that God has no image except the human beings. So God cannot be depicted. He cannot be seen except through the human beings doing his will on the earth. And of course, he created those human beings, and we'll talk about them doing his will here in just a minute. In the meantime, we should understand that at the time of the Bible, all the ancient cities, the kingdoms in the area where the Bible was written, and really throughout most of the entire world, worshipped idols, had them present within their cities, within their temples, and so forth. And the idol represented the local deity or deities. And the local ruler or king was thought to be divinely appointed by the deity, and his laws were the laws of the deity. They had the force of the deity behind them. So how then is the Bible different? Well, the Bible's different in that, again, God cannot be depicted. He cannot be seen. He can only be heard through his law. In other words, not the law given to you by an earthly king or ruler, but the divine law that comes to us through the scriptural word. And how does this relate then to our passage today? Yes, so getting back to today's specific reading, what's happening is that God is mocking the idols of the nations. The biblical text is pointing out that these idols are made by human hands. And not only are they made by human hands, but they can be destroyed by human hands or altered by human hands. And so, you see, that's the joke. That's why God is mocking this whole notion of idols. I mean, what's the big deal about the God If you're the one creating it and controlling it, if that's the case, then your God is not powerful at all. But the biblical God is different. He's uncontrollable. You cannot create him. He created you. Since you are not allowed to depict him, then you cannot change the depiction, as was done with the idols, to make an idol look like a current king, for example. So to sum it up, the biblical God cannot be controlled by any human being. He alone is the one in control. That's helpful, Father, but uh, what is the significance of God not being depicted at all 
And what I mean by that is, why can God not be depicted at all like in an unchangeable way? So not to present him to look like a king or any specific person, like you'd mentioned how people manipulated the idols to look like the king. But why is it just completely forbidden to depict God? What's the purpose? What's going on with that in the Bible? Yeah, great question, Jason. And again, something that gets to the heart of Scripture. Uh, We've mentioned before how the Bible glorifies the shepherd life and applies that way of life to how we should live. And one example I've used in the past uh, is the fact that the shepherd is not tied to a specific piece of land or real estate. The shepherd moves wherever he needs to go so that the flock can be fed. Now, this is important to today's discussion because ultimately God is the great shepherd. He's the model. And the way God is presented in the Bible then is as a shepherd. And the sheep of the flock don't need to see their shepherd. They simply need to hear him. And in doing his will following his voice, they will be kept safe and will be protected. And so to sum up this section from Isaiah today, how it applies to the rest of the Bible and to us today and how we should live the biblical faith, it is this. God cannot be depicted or manipulated by us humans. He cannot even be seen, nor is it necessary to see him. But he can be and should be heard, and he is heard through his biblical teaching which, of course, in the synagogues in ancient times, in our churches today, is read and proclaimed aloud for people to hear. And this is why I like to tell people that we should think less of God as a person, as we tend to do, thinking of him in human terms as the way we think of another person. Instead, we should think of God as a will. He cannot be seen, but his will can be heard. That's all he cares about. You don't need to see him. You don't need his physical presence as we normally think about a person. You simply need to hear his will and put that into practice. I appreciate the explanation, Father. And to conclude today's episode, I want to ask about the conclusion of the passage I read from Isaiah. I read this passage as, as one of encouragement. Would I be correct in understanding it this way, Father, or, or am I off course? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You definitely see the encouragement as the Lord says things like, He gives power to the faint, and he increases the strength of those without might. But notice how this is connected to the earlier part of the passage that we discussed right before this. The basis for this, of this hope of God providing encouragement and comfort, is this. The Lord does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And then at the very end, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the basis of the encouragement is trusting in this unseen God, this God who again cannot be seen yet who can be heard. And of course, this principle has been contrasted with the silliness of putting your hope and your trust in something that you created with your own hands and can manipulate or destroy with your own hands an idol. And we hear this reading now towards the end of Lent as we're really starting to prepare for Holy Week and Pascha because we'll hear about the one, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to the point of death, to God's word, and who, although subjected to the brutal humiliation and death, in the end God strengthened and consoled by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand and giving him all power and authority. Thank you, Father. Today's episode focused on the book of Isaiah, one of the most well-known books of the prophets. While there is much that could be said here regarding scholarly work related to this book, 
Father Aaron emphasized that much of Isaiah deals with the principle of caring for the poor and needy, which was a primary concern of our Lord as well. We also discussed the idea of God and images or idols and how they all relate. Of importance here is to understand that God has no image except that of human beings. And specific to today's reading, God mocks the idols of the nations, for these idols are made, altered, and destroyed by human hands. But the biblical God is uncontrollable and uncreated. We did not create him, he created us. Finally, in discussing why it is that God is unable to be depicted, Father reminded us that God is the great shepherd. And if we ponder the fact that the sheep do not need to see their shepherd, but simply need to hear him, we can better comprehend why it is that we too do not need to see him. For if we hear him and follow his will, we will be led to our salvation. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee.